words from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. This message has two parts, and there's uh, like a 10-minute movie in the middle. So we have the intercessor and the accuser as the title of the message. So let's, um, and today, I'm not using PowerPoint. <laughs> That's an exception <laughs> because I'm sure you guys are used to my illustrative messages based on PowerPoint. But today I just thought to speak out from my heart. So let's start by reading Luke 22, verse 31 to 32. Simon, Simon, Peter, listen. Satan has demanded permission to sift all of you like grain. But I prayed especially for you, Peter, that your faith and confidence in me may not fail. And you, once you've turned back to me, strengthen and support your brothers in the faith. This is the Amplified Version. Let's read the same scripture from the Passion Translation. Peter, my dear friend, listen to what I am about to tell you. Satan has obtained permission to come and sift you all like wheat and test your faith. But I have prayed for you, Peter, that you would stay faithful to me no matter what comes. Remember this, after you've been turned back to me and have been restored, Make it your life mission to strengthen the faith of your brothers. There are two ministries, the accuser ministry and the intercessor ministry. Truly, we cannot respond to everything, but we must respond to some things. And every time we see things happen, our response can either be mercy, our response can be judgmental grandstanding. We can easily enter into judgment over what we're seeing. So, these ministries of the accuser and of the intercessor are both at work right now in the world. When we hear of teenagers being promiscuous, when we hear that families are splitting, when we hear that there's brokenness in the streets, when we hear news of something bad happening to someone, immediately we enter into a place where we can be full of the mercy of God, like Adiza shared last week, because people are falling or we can be icked by their callous lack of concern. So, God is inviting us today to expose the work of the accuser in the church and drive it out. The world is hurting so much and we're losing ground in not caring and demonstrating the love and the beauty of God. Everything God wants to do in the world will be triggered by love. Dunsinorik Oyekon wrote a song saying, 
Oh, to love you. And here are the lyrics of stanza one. I went to the Father. I said I need more power. I need more of your fire. He said to me, all you need is love. <laughs> like, many times we just want to run away and go and look for that power of God. We want to be the powerful believers. We want to be the man who shake things. We want to be the one who pull down institutions. We want to be the one who, when people see us, they're all afraid of us. The paralyzing fear falls on them. We like it. So every time we go to God, many of our prayers is, Lord, power, power, power. But God says, what you need is love. You heard each of the groups talk about it. The importance of love in the witness journey. Let's read the scripture, Zechariah chapter 3. Verse 1, I think it's 3 to 5. Just 3, three chapter 3, verse 3 to 5. The angel so showed me Joshua the high priest standing in front of the angel of the Lord and Satan was standing by Joshua's right hand. Satan was there to accuse Joshua of doing wrong. Joshua was wearing a dirty robe as he stood in front of the angel. <laughs> then the angel said to other angels standing near him, take off, take those dirty clothes off of Joshua. Then the angel spoke to Joshua and says, now I have taken away your guilt and I'm giving you a new change of clothes. Then he said, put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on him and also put clothes on him while the Lord's angels stood there. The accuser's work is not a permanent work. It doesn't last forever. After a while, God releases mercy over every accused person and the mercy of God is so amazing. We read this in the story of Joshua. He stood. He was guilty. His clothes were dirty. And the devil stood to accuse him. You dirty man. You filthy priest. Can you imagine Joshua was the high priest. He was as guilty as charged. Everything the devil was saying he did wrong, he actually did. And as the devil stood in accusation over him, the angel of the Lord said, I'm changing the guilt sentence. I'm changing the guilty verdict. And the angel now got him new clothes. How powerful is that? That we can be like that angel, washing people by the washing of the water by the word. The accuser's work doesn't last forever. He gets exposed and even today, his works are being revealed. The devil's work are being revealed. Mm. Revelation chapter 12 verse 10 said it in the Passion Translation. Then I heard a triumphant voice in heaven proclaiming, Now 
salvation and power are set in place and the kingdom of and the kingdom reign of our god and the ruling authority of his anointed one are established for the accuser of our brothers who relentlessly accused them day and night before our god has now been defeated cast out once and for all say amen Many times we come with many accusations. Many times you feel that unworthiness. Many times you feel like you're not good enough for God. You know where you've been. You know what you've done. You know what your hands have been involved in. You may look perfect to everyone, but inside you, sometimes you're the one accusing yourself. An accusation is so strong because it has debilitating ability. It cripples you. It makes you unable to move. It makes you un unable to stand because sometimes in the past you've boasted, I'm a boy of righteousness. I don't bend. I never change. I'm a great guy. I'm powerful in the Lord. Then all of a sudden you fall. And it's not the accusations of other people. It's your own voice beating you down. You read in this place in Revelation, says the accuser has been cast down. Say amen. amen. You know, the interesting thing about Lucifer, the accuser, is this. He's the first one who tempts you. He lays a trap for you. While you're by yourself, Lucifer comes and seduces you and talks you and lays a trap for you so that you can fall into temptation. And then when you fall into temptation, he comes back and he reminds you that now you are a bad guy. <laughs> he brings condemnation. And condemnation is not the same thing as conviction. I want you guys to remember the difference between condemnation and conviction. The Bible talks about godly sorrow that leads us to repentance. That is what? Conviction. When the Holy Spirit convicts your heart, that your heart needs to move position. You know what condemnation is? You're always falling down. This Christian life, you'll never make it. These other people are calling themselves Christians. You are calling themselves yourself Christian. You don't know how to pray. Your tongues are fake. You are not really a believer. You are not strong. You know that believers are strong. And you know the people who ring down condemnations the most? Prayer warriors. They always come and tell you that, is this prayer? As you rise in God, that's one of the most important things for you to watch out for, that you don't become a condemnation agent. Once the power of God begins to move inside of you, the easy thing to do is to look down on other people and you enter into the ministry of the accuser. Condemnation fills you with thoughts of how to measure up because you're always feeling inferior. The accuser comes to pursue. He gives you the desire to pursue spiritual things for the wrong reasons. So you are chasing after God, but the reasons are wrong. 
You are chasing after God because you are jealous of somebody else. You are full of pride. You are full of self-will. You are desiring fame. So you are pursuing the right things, but your intention is impure. Condemnation and this accuser's work forces you out of the courts of heaven into the theater of men. You start performing so that men can give you accolades. You start looking good to men. You start sounding good to men. You start sounding powerful to men so that people can say, wow. May we never be forced out of heaven into the courts of men in the name of Jesus Christ. Can I ask you a question? Yeah? That person who is coming to confess their sin, do you know how, how accusers behave? I think it was my pastor just that gave this example. A lady came, came out to confess that she has slept with the pastor. And the pastor says, this lady who is confessing, is she confessing because she wants to repent? Or is she confessing because she wants to blackmail the pastor? Do you know condemnation wears different kinds of garments? Of course, the pastor has done wrong. This is very serious matter. This accuser ministry in the church. How the church fell from being the people who wash people by the washing of water by the word and became people who point fingers and reminds people of all the things they have done wrong. I've seen many people who have confessed but they haven't repented. You know, you can confess, man, I'm just a bad guy. I just like drinking and smoking, you know. And if, if the lady is too fine, I can't help myself. I just have to have her. And that was, that was Solomon's confession. Solomon said, I never denied myself anything good. If it was women, I had them in abundance. If it was alcohol, I drank until I was in stupor. If it was to go to lands, I went there. If it was to travel afar, I've gone there. If it's to see levels of, like Solomon's confession, didn't have any repentance. Do you know today, a lot of people are confessing without repenting. Especially guys, when they're dating women, they can confess. Just come to the lady and say, you know, I just wanted to tell you, I just want to lay it out straight. I'm not the saint. I've done things. I'm not going to say I'm proud of them, but that's why I need a prayerful woman in my life.
So you're confessing so you can continue doing the same thing that you used to do. And the women will say, oh, wow, he has a good heart. <laughs> May God enable us to truly meet godly sorrow that turns us back. Acts chapter 3 verse 19 says, change the way you think that your sins may be blotted out and times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and he may send Jesus Christ whom before was preached unto you whom the heavens must retain unto the times of the restoration of all things which God has spoken from the mouth of all his holy prophets before the world began. Change the way you think. Repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out and times of refreshing may come from the presence of God. Change the way you think. Turn back from the way you live that your sins may be blotted out and times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. There is this godly sorrow that makes us to begin to live differently. That makes us to begin to walk differently. That makes us to begin to hate sin and desire the life of righteousness. May that conviction come upon us this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. May God save us from self-righteousness that makes us not to be able to bear with the infirmities of the weak. May God save us from character flaws that make us to be able to be harsh towards other people. May God help us to really repent and cause a turnaround in the road in the name of Jesus Christ. Can I tell you what repentance means? Repentance just simply means turning back. You are going in this direction. So you repent, you stop and consider what you're doing and you do what? You turn back and you walk in the opposite direction. So repentance is not crying. Repentance is not weeping. Repentance is not feeling sad and morose. You know, repentance is not, you know the best way to repent is to look up to heaven. It's not even normally to bow down only. Because bowing down has become a religious routine. Because we read in the Bible that the, that the guy who went to the temple bowed down. So we bow down, continue with our sin. You bow down. But when you wake up, you're back to evil. Hallelujah. So we journey out of the ministry of the accuser. There is a more excellent way. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25 to 26. Therefore, he is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since, we all, since he always lives to make intercession for them. For such a high priest was fitting for us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and had become higher, than the heavens. Hebrews 7, 25 and 26. He is able to save to the uttermost. Can we play the video? I... 
So you get the picture of the master's heart in our calling. You get an understanding of the thinking, the paradigm of Jesus Christ. That even your broken experience, even your past, no matter how filthy, you're no more who you used to be, says the Spirit of God. You're now a new person. There is now new life expressed in you. There is newness that God has poured upon you. And you are his intercessor. You are his sent one to extend the territory of what God is doing on the earth. You are his vessel to bring his knowledge in every place where you should go. You are all that God has. You are everything God has. Like he spoke to the 12, he is speaking to you this morning. You are my sent ones. You are the ones to stand in the gap. You are the ones to come to every heart that I intend to come to. You are the ones to open up the mind of everyone I intend to speak to. It's you. It's you. You say, it's me? Like disciples looked at themselves, they felt unqualified many times we feel so unready so unworthy so untrained meanwhile God is not looking for the trained up ones God is not looking for the ones who know it all God is looking for the people who are willing are you willing to go on a journey with the master are you willing to be his voice in every place where brokenness has been? Are you willing to be that healer? Let's pray for a minute this morning. Santei kalusa kanoshta ina salamba kadosta. Ende zakamo shekra libra kadosta ma. I give myself to you. My life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself. I give myself to you. My life is not I own, to you I belong. I give myself, I give myself to you. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. Thank you, Father God. It takes a flip second to become an intercessor or to become an accuser. It's all about feeling the burdens of the people around you. Jesus never healed because he was invincible. Jesus never healed from the place of pride. 
Jesus never asked us to heal from the place of being the most powerful ones. He was moved by compassion. He was moved by doing the works of his Father. And so will you. You will be the one who will do God's work in the name of Jesus Christ. You will be the one who will be deputized by heaven to carry this holy assignment in the name of Jesus Christ. You will be the one who God has appointed and God will provide you with opportunities to carry out this holy assignment in the name of Jesus Christ. Today, I don't just bring a message, I bring a charge. I bring a stare and I bring an activation. I bring something that should wake on the inside of you for you to know who you are. You are God's intercession for the world. You are God's voice in the earth. You are God's agency for good in the world. While brokenness reigns is because you haven't entered into your place. When you enter into who you're supposed to be, you will see good begin to happen in your environment. You are the carrier of the oasis of righteousness and sometimes this may mean like you are almost going to despair for your very life. It's not about more clothes. It's not about more tunics. It's not about more cars. It's not about more houses. It's not about more money. It's about who God wants you to be. His voice in the earth. His voice in the earth. And you are God's voice in the earth. Say it out. I am God's voice in the earth. Say I am His intercessor. I stand in the gap between heaven and earth. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Romans chapter 8 verse 33 Who will bring any charge against God's leg? It is God who justifies. Who is there to condemn us? For Christ Jesus who died and much more than that was raised to life is at the right hand of the Father and is there interceding for us. Jesus Christ is sitting at the right hand of the Father. Guess his number one ministry interceding for us. Is interceding for us and he's given us that ministry of intercession that everywhere we go we intercede for people we pray over people this should be normal to you to ask someone can I pray for you this should be normal to you to reach out to someone and say can do you do you mind if I pray for you do you mind if I release a blessing why because we are intercessors never never go a whole day without interceding. Never go a whole season without thinking about someone who is burdened. Never be that person who is so callous, who is so normalized that you don't feel the burdens of others. Receive the oil of intercession this morning. Receive the grace to stand in the gap this day. Receive that ability to wield the atmosphere of God around people this day in the name of Jesus Christ. Receive the oil. Receive can someone lift up their hands this morning receive that oil receive that oil that causes you to pray over people receive that strength that causes you to bring life wherever you go receive that thing on the inside of you that causes brokenness around you to cease because you have come into the scenario you are God's intercessor you are God's vessel you are God's instrument and I pour upon you that grace to bring relief you bring release in a hurting world you bring 
bring strength where brokenness has been. You bring life where, where death has reigned. Everywhere you go, there is hope because you are there. You are the hope bringer. You are the intercessor. You stand before heaven and earth and speak the goodness of God. You relieve men from their stress. You release people from their brokenness. Because you've arrived, the hope of God has arrived. Hallelujah! Christ has died. He has paid the price. He's been raised to life. He's at the right hand of the Father. Ever living to make intercession for us. Amen. Hallelujah. There's a very thin line between intercession and gossip. My friend who is a pastor called me and told me he's been so ill. I knew him. He was a tech businessman, a good guy who uses business to serve God by helping many brothers and sisters. You know, he used to get, help them to get work in his office and around him and in his network. At the time when he called, my heart just turned. I was in the car. In like, my heart just turned and tears just came to my eyes. And I said to him, it's okay for someone to call and say, I've not been feeling well, it's actually okay. But at some moment, compassion should hit you. At what point does compassion hit you? I began to pray. I said, my brother, you've been a faithful man of God. I curse that sickness from your body now in the name of Jesus Christ. I bring relief. I bring restoration. Every season you've lost. He's been sick for a whole six months, unable to work. Guess what hit me? Intercession. You don't need any special training to be an intercessor. You don't need any special training to be an intercessor. In fact, the lack of the presence of the oil in your life is because you haven't been interceding over people. Once you begin to stand in the gap, the presence of God begins to follow you all the time. Once you begin to speak life over people, the atmosphere of God becomes normal around you. You are an intercessor. Say, I am an intercessor. One time, a pastor called me. He was my assistant for many years. And I just heard that he, no, it wasn't him who called me. I heard that he was having a divorce from his wife, was my assistant for many years. I had two options. Either to act like I didn't know. You know who can do that? You hear bad stories about people, you act like you don't know. It's not your business. And now you're no more in that ministry. It's messy. There are counselors handling the issue. Or you can pick up the phone and ring the person. And say, my brother, I know you're going through a lot. Can I pray for you? Every time you hear people separating, it's a lot of pain. As a counselor, I know firsthand the amount of pain it takes for a marriage to end. The amount of brokenness, the amount of sleeplessness, the amount of hurt people feel. Are you going to be the one who repeats the news for the whole world to hear? It's a very thin line between gossip and intercession. I called him and said, Sir, I hear all that is happening. I know the pastors in your church are dealing with this right now, but I just want to pray over you. 
ikanosta makino stamaliko shara stolika to salima akotama sila i insert back into you the perfect standard of god i pour it back into your heart the heart of the father kalitu se mahandesta we are intercessors we bring the grace of god do you know there's a culture that breaks hearts in people when you pick up any soft sell magazine what is the number one conversation people's lives when you read those trashy blogs i'm not going to call any names today when you flip to those websites where they are finishing people you feel like adding one more nasty comment because the people are rich because the people are popular because the people are leaders because they are high flying actors and sports figures and politicians you feel like you should curse <laughs> who intercedes for this kind of people why do we hate the rich and want to be rich it's an evil spirit it's a crab spirit and anyone who is ahead of you you want to pull them down is not of god tell someone it's not of god it's not of god pray over people stand in the gap for those who hurt when you hear bad stories hurt with those who hurt the bible says grieve with those who grieve mourn with those who mourn and also remember to rejoice with those who rejoice don't only act like you are good when brokenness is hitting people you're calling them you're being there for them when they win the noise of your silence is very deafening stand in the gap for people stand in the gap for people popular unknown babies adults stand in the gap for people amen Let's read this. This came out of Matthew, obviously. After Jesus, Matthew chapter 9 verse 9. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. After Jesus left Capernaum, he came upon a tax collecting station where a Jewish man named Matthew was collecting tax for Romans. Come, follow me, Jesus said to him. Immediately Matthew jumped up and began to follow Jesus. Jesus went to Mary's to Matthew's house and made himself at home. Many other tax collectors and outcasts of society were invited to eat with Jesus and his disciples. When when those known as Pharisees saw what was happening, they were indignant and they kept asking Jesus disciples, "Why would your master dine with such low lives?" When Jesus overheard this, he spoke and said, "Healthy people don't need to see a doctor." but the sick will go for treatment then he added now you should go and study the meaning of the verse i want to show mercy not just offer me a sacrifice 
For I have come to invite the outcast of society and sinners, not to those who think they are already on the right path. I came to invite the outsiders. Many times, many things Pastor Fred and I have done have been crazy. Do you understand? The other day I was going to the supermarket and I met a lady, she tapped me and said, you married me. I'm like, I married you? She said, yes. And I married her to her husband. So. <laughs> I was like, they're marrying the spirit in the, in the natural. She said, seven years ago, my church kicked me out because I was pregnant before the wedding time. And nobody who officiated my wedding a friend of mine gave me your number. I never met you. And when you called me, all you asked me for was have we confessed our sins before God? And you took us through a prayer of repentance and then you joined us. In a small room somewhere, we were rejected. I wept all through the ceremony. Do you remember me? That moment, memory came back. Are you more interested in the reputation of your church than redemption. Are you more in tune with the pe what people will clap for and applaud you? Or do you really want people to come back to God? In those moments of people's brokenness, people already know they are sinners. Many people already know. So it's not your reminder that is making the sin to come alive in them. No. It's your intercession that is needed. And you are an intercessor. Say it again. I am an intercessor. At the national level, in Nigeria today, we have an illegitimate government that came to power on a stolen mandate. We have to say it and keep on saying it. And you can keep increasing this accusation against them or you can enter into the position of an intercessor. It's illegitimate. It's true. It's not the real government that stole power. It's not real. Doesn't matter how long. It's still not real. Right? And we can keep on with the repetition of the accusation or we can enter into a zone of intercession. Do you see how hard it is to intercede? Because what you are interceding for is not necessarily perfect. It's not just. It's not right. But God gives you the opportunity to be able to partner with him to speak over the situation that is wrong. Ezekiel twenty-two twenty-nine. as I round up. The people of the land have used oppressions committed robbery, mistreated the poor and the needy, and they wrongfully oppressed the stranger. So I sought a man among them who would make a war and stand in the gap before me and on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. This is not a Nigeria-only phenomenon. We see coups take over the Sahel, Africa, and the Maghreb region. Do we stand aloof or do we pray? There's a looming threat of war between Nigeria and Niger. And 
Nigeria backed up by the U.S. The U.S. is talking Nigeria and telling us to go to war, go to war. While Russia is on the other side backing Niger. Can you imagine U.S. and America trying to fight a war between Nigeria and Niger? They say ECOWAS. Forget that ECOWAS what is actually Nigerian army going to Niger. Is this time for you to intercede or not? So we have a job to pray for the nation and to keep on praying. What God is asking you to do is to take your eyes off yourself, off your new dress, off your new tie, off your new babariga. Like I brought my babariga to church, I didn't have enough liver to wear it. God is asking me to forget all these things. And to set my attention for once on the things that count. On the burdens in his heart. Children will be broken. Men will be hurt. Bombs will explode. But who is going to stand in the gap? Across the nations of the world, when we see brokenness, who is going to cry out? When you hear America is doing this, who is going to cry out? When you hear all teenagers are now gay, who is going to cry out? When you hear the burdens upon the heart of God, who is going to intercede? Say, I am. This is one time when you preach to someone, say, my brother, my sister, tap someone next to you. Tap them and say to say, my sister, my sister, you are God's intercessor. Don't look for another. Don't look for another. Say to them, don't look for another. Tap them. Say, don't look for another. Don't look for another. God can find in your heart the voice. God can find in your spirit the willingness. God can find in you the character. Even if it's five minutes a day, you can pray for more than yourself, more than where you want to go, more than who you want to be. You can pray for a little more than just the normal. You can pray for a little more than just yourself, your family, your children. You can pray for a little more than that. You can ask God and say, God, this nation. You can ask God, say the nations of the world. You can ask God and say, this generation, you can stand in the gap and be God's agency for good in the world. May the world change because you are here. May nations bow before Christ because you are here. May you be that one who is a different kind of voice. Reconciling men, healing the hurting, embracing the broken, restoring the injured because you carry the life of God. For a moment, God is asking you to forget about your depression, to forget about your anxiety, to forget about your problems, to forget about the things you are going through and set your agenda on things above. Think about the heart of the Father. What is the Father asking for? Say, Lord, I release myself. Say, Lord, I release my heart. I am your intercessor. I am your fragrance. The more of you I embrace, the more of you I exude. Oh, Lord, I am your fragrance. Jesus, make me your vessel. 
Kanuste Kamanista Bakalita Saya Balita. Take my eyes from all the all the ordinary things of every day. Take my eyes from all food and, and movies and, and just social media. Take my eyes from all the things that consume my interest. And I have no interest to stay with you. Restore intimacy in my heart. Restore the place of the intercessor. And I may weep between the porch and the altar. And I may cry out about your heritage. And I may say, Lord, restore. Lord, restore. Lord, men are broken. Restore. Lord, women are broken. Restore. Lord, people are hurt and healed. Lord, the nations are damaged. Build them back. In the name of Jesus Christ, restore. 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 Are you going to be an intercessor? Or are you going to be an accuser? The world is full of accusers. Spewing out hate. Repeating offense. Digging deeper. The damage in people's lives. Doing the work of Lucifer. Accusing the saints before God day and night. That's a job of Lucifer. Many believers are doing the job of Lucifer. But today, I raise you up. You are no more an accuser. You are now an intercessor. Say, Amen. You are no more an accuser. Now you set men free. You are a liberator. You are the one who brings the grace of God into an atmosphere. You are the one who sets men's chains free. This is opening of eyes for you. Are you going to be an accuser? Are you going to be an intercessor? Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org.